So as I said earlier, Pastor Brian is in Nigeria ministering right now. So I'm pretty pumped that I get to I get to minister here at the same time. My man is ministering across the world. That's a pretty awesome call. It's um Amen. Amen. God's good. There is something different on this day. So if I just stop, just bear with me because I want to make sure that every word I say is led by him, whether I prepared it or not. There's something sweet on this day. So you should come to church expecting every time the doors are open. But I'm telling you, there is something today here for you. Whatever you need, it's here. Not because I'm ministering, not because I've got the ooey gooeys, but because I know my God. And I know that when you come hungry, he has a feast ready for you. So I'm telling you now, stir up the hunger. Stir it up because he's got something prepared today. So I'm going to piggyback kind of on um, what this week was. This was the National Day of Prayer on Thursday. And I really did try to get away from this and preach something else, and it just wouldn't leave. So I just obeyed Diddy thought it might be a good idea. <laughs> um, so so uh, I'm going to start by reading to you off of the National Day of Prayer website what, what this was this week. It was the National Day of Prayer theme for 2018, Unity Through Prayer. Their website says, Prayer brings people together. Prayer builds bridges between opposing persons and even political parties. Prayer reminds us that we are created in God's image and he desires for us to represent him everywhere we go. Prayer brings unity. In 2018, our theme will be and was Pray for America, Unity, based upon Ephesians 4.3, which challenges us to mobilize unified public prayer in America, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. I hope that it is that individuals, churches, spiritual leaders in America, we humble ourselves and unify in prevailing prayer for the next great move of God in America. We come together in clear agreement that this is our greatest need. We can become a visible union, standing together in prayer. We can pray more than ever before and practice extraordinary prayer for the next great move of God in America that will catapult the message of the gospel nationally and internationally. And then they close with a quote by Dr. Ronnie Floyd. He says, There is no great movement of God that has ever occurred that does not begin with the extraordinary prayer of God's people. I don't care what you want to see, how great how small you will only get the fulfillment of it through unified prayer that's it we talked last week about a prophecy that was recently given over pastor brian and if it was given over him then it was given over boomerang church which means it was given over y'all and that word was that we are stepping through a faith portal. We are going to new levels and not just the next level. It's like going from four to nine. He said it again, four to nine, four to nine. We're going to get there through unified prayer. It's coming. The word of God is on it. He's already said, this is where we're going. The question is, are you going with us? I'm going. Pastor, or not pastor, brother Teddy was ministering and he was preaching that and prophesying that over Brian. And 
My spirit just stirred. And it was, it was just exciting. But at the same time, it was a call to wake up. It was a call that, you know what, I want new levels. That means it's going to take me getting to new levels within myself. It's going to take me changing if I want to see change. And that's going to happen through unified prayer. If you go to a train station, let's say we're going somewhere awesome. Where are we going? Do what? We're going to take a train to Hawaii because Patty said we could. I'm not biased either. So we're taking the train to Hawaii. I'm in the train station. Am I in Hawaii? No. No? Oh, I forgot to buy my ticket. I got my ticket. I'm in the train station with my ticket. Am I in Hawaii? No. Why not? Got to get there. Got to get on board. I got to get on the train. We can all be in the train station. We can all be in Daddy's house. We can have the word. We can even read it. But if we're not in unity, we're not going where he's told us we can be. So I challenge you today through this message, open your heart and ask Daddy, where do I need to purge? Where do I need to step up? Because if I'm not unified with the body, I'm sure not going to be unified with the head. Come on. Yep. My husband's awesome. He's got a nice looking head. But with his nice looking head, I may get some you know, stinky feet. He actually doesn't have that bad of feet. But I'm going to get everything. You want to unify with the head, you got to unify with the body. Pastor Bill talked about it in the um, National Day of Prayer as well. The power of prayer. Simeon and Anna. Mm -hmm. We're here with the risen King and Savior because of the power of two old people who refuse to give up, who refuse to get off their knees, who refuse to stop praying, who refuse to stop uniting and calling into being who we were. There's power in prayer. But I want to give you a visual aid, and I need my partner in parables. We're going to go up here so everybody can see. Partner in parable, Miss Rachel Bivens. Are we, we are matching, man. We are good. We didn't even plan this. Twinkies. We're Twinkies. So, we're together. Boomerang Church. We've prayed God's told us this is where you're planted. It's important to start with prayer. This is why when I opened up, I said, everyone is welcome. I don't care who you are, where you've been, you're welcome. But not everybody is called to the vision of boomerang. So you need to start in prayer. And you need to ask God, Lord, where do you want me planted? It may not be where you thought. It may not be where it's comfortable. But once God tells you where you're to be planted, That's right. plant yourself. That's right. Plant yourself.
Because the winds are going to blow. Winter is going to come. There's going to be a time when, oh, Lord, I just don't feel like I'm getting anything. I'm just dry. <laughs> then there's going to be other times it's like, woohoo, where you want me to volunteer? I'll be there. It doesn't matter what you feel, what you see. When God tells you to be planted, you plant. Amen. But then you get on board. Because the church is walking that way. But if you decide, well, I'm planted here. Really, I am. I'm planted. But I just feel like I'm supposed to go this way. What, are, what am I doing to the church? How about this? I'm a holy mm, tongue talk of prayer. Mm, Lord, I am praying. I'm holding it down, Lord. I am. I got you. Lord, yes. Hallelujah. Bless Rachel as she goes and does the work. Go. The church helps me up. Now, let me ask you something. I'm planted. I'm where God told me to be. But my shepherd is trying to take me somewhere. (laughs) Whose fault is it that I toppled over? It's mine. Because if God tells me to plant myself in this ministry, my job is to unify with my shepherd. And to unify with the body. This is all y'all here. You lost some weight. And my body, or my body, my job as a unified member, as a powerhouse prayer, is to pray and lift up my shepherd. Pray and lift up the body of Christ. And wherever my shepherd goes, I follow. Whether I like what I see or not. Because God has told me, I've planted you there. And God has told me to unite with the vision that he has given my shepherd. Thank you. So when God tells us to unite and God tells us to be planted, we've got to plant. We've got to walk in obedience. It's not just enough to be created in his image. We've got to also put on his mind. You've got to have the mind of Christ. Otherwise, you can look like him, but you're going to be all jacked up inside because you haven't put on his mind, which is good and pure and lovely and perfect. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. I don't know about y'all. I don't even know what I'm doing for supper tonight. My God knows where I'm going to be when I am 73, 5 months, 14 days, and 23 hours. He knows exactly what I'm going to be doing. What kind of fool would I be to not follow the man that's told me he's going to lead me to triumph? There's, There's power in unity. There's power in obedience. There's power in prayer. I don't know all y'all's testimony. I know my testimony. So I can tell you. 
I pray. God tells me this tall, dark drink of water is going to be my man. Mm. Mm. So I unite with him. Well, then this crazy fella tells me we're going we're gonna to be pastors. <laughs> and not only that, you're going to preach. I'm like, I don't think that was in my marriage agreement. That's, that's great. How about this? I didn't hear that. That's funny. But what's God called me to unite with? The vision. And my husband. And what do I do to my husband according to the word of God? Oh, yeah. Oh, gut punch. You want me to do what? And, y'all, it don't stop. Let's roll it back. What day was it I found out about Thursday? Like Saturday? Saturday. Let's roll it back to Saturday. A week and a day ago. See, the National Day of Prayer is on Thursday. Pastor Brian leads the, the National Day of Prayer. He and Matt Smith from the radio station. It's not like he didn't know it was coming. <laughs> Pastor Brian has known about Nigeria for a while. Like we've been saving up, fasting and praying for this, believing. It's not like he didn't know that Nigeria was coming. So we're riding down the road, an Ellie Mae envoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had just gotten home. He was on the phone. Like, he's been home 23 minutes in the car. And I hear him tell whoever he was talking to, I don't even remember. Yeah, the National Day of Prayer is Thursday. I'm not going to be here. Um, but I've got speakers lined up. It's going to be my wife and Joshua Ellerby and Pastor Bill Baldwin. And I'm sitting in the car just looking out the window because I'm waiting for him to get off his phone call. And I hear my name and I'm like... <laughs> So I sat there, and well, I stared at him was what I did. I'm like, <laughs> and he feels the looks. <laughs> he won't look at me. He stays on his little headset driving, just grinning, quite pleased with himself. Then, then comes last Sunday. So we're packing for Nigeria, and I'm, you know, I'm like organization. So I'm checking on my boxes. Okay, we've got his socks. We've got his britches. We've got his deodorant. Okay, what do we need for this week? Take care of the kids. I got somebody to help do this. What do we need for church on Sunday? Um, I need to support whoever's going to be here. Serve them. Who do you have preaching on Sunday? He goes, from the bathroom. Oh, yeah, that's you. <laughs> so, um... Working a full-time job, taking care of three babies. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm preaching or speaking at the National Day of Prayer. And I'm preaching a sermon. Wow. Hallelujah. Man, unity is great. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help us. But there's something on this day, y'all. There was something on Thursday, y'all. I went to work Thursday morning, 
by like, like I walked into work and I've got a lot on my plate right now. I'm doing two jobs because the other HR chick, she's out on maternity leave having a baby. So I'm doing both of our jobs. There's a lot going on. But Thursday, I walked in. I was like, I got this. I'm at a good place. This is going to be a good day. By 9 o'clock, I am sitting at my desk. Somebody walks in, and I go, oh, Lord Jesus. How are you? Now, I got to leave it. 11.30, because i got to be there at 11.45, because the National Day of Prayer starts at 12. By 11.15, I'm on the phone with my husband, because the good man that he is, calling me to support me and to speak into me, and, and I'm there going, uh-huh, it's a good day. He's like, you got this. And I get in the car, and I'm like, Lord, this is yours. And for the next 10 minutes, I don't say anything but just praying in tongue. Because he knows that if Nicole Pruitt Wright talks, it is not going to be holy. Not after the morning I had. But I get there. Mind you, feeling like poo. Mind you, overwhelmed. Mind you, fighting back tears. In a month, I've seen my man seven days. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I've been in this stupid office with a heater turned on because I got the air blasting, the sun shining. I can't even feel it. And they want me to feel the Holy Spirit. Talk about unity. And not only that, I got to speak first. I don't even have time to get spoken into. I don't feel like unity. I don't feel like praying. I feel like packing up my kids and going to the beach and not showing back up here for like, oh, a month. <laughs> I'm real holy rolling, like y'all. I get there. I've done prayed myself, almost happy. <laughs> then I see the prettiest smiling face. There's a face I know. It's Jessica walks in, just smiling. And I was like, I got this. I can do this. I got some of my peeps. I got the Holy Spirit. Oh, I can do this. So I get up and I speak. Then I have a friend who walks me up to Connie's, Glory Beans, buys me some coffee. There ain't nothing more holy than an anointed woman of God buying you some coffee. Mm. I got the word, I got some sunshine, I got some friends, I got some coffee, I am doing good. And I had Miss Prilla there speaking into me. She's like, you're going to get back to work and the solutions are going to be there. It's just going to pop and be there. I was like, amen, I receive it. I'm driving back, sipping my coffee, and I'm like, Lord, let what Prilla said be prophetic. And I got to work, and lo and behold, it's like the solution was highlighted. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. But what would have happened if I wasn't in unity with my husband? Right. Mm -hmm. See, you thought I'd lost track. You thought I was on a rabbit trail. <laughs> I've been married to my husband long enough. I didn't learn some ways. Amen. 
what happened if I wasn't in unity with Brian? And he said, you're supposed to speak. And I'd be like, mm, no, let me tell you how it's going to be. You done leaving me for like three-fourths of this month. I got three kids. I got two jobs on my plate. I got ministry, people calling me and texting me and boxing me all through the week. Meanwhile, you all overseas playing and having fun with Bishop Oyedepo and Brother Copeland. No, I ain't got time for this. You're going to have to call somebody else and ask him because it ain't me. I'm telling you that's how it's going to be. First of all, I done smacked myself. But my Thursday would have stunk rotten eggs. It wouldn't have been fighting tears. It would have been bawling. It wouldn't have been answers highlighted. It would have been struggle and toll. Because it doesn't matter what we feel is on our shoulders. When we get in prayer and get in unity, it's easy and light. We take off the yoke and step into God. I didn't feel like unity. I didn't feel like prayer. I wasn't feeling Holy Ghost. I wasn't feeling like a pastor's wife. I wasn't feeling purdy and put together. It was a bad hair day, too. I didn't even tell y'all that. But we don't walk by our feelings. Unity is a call from the Lord. Here's what he says, Philippians 2, 1 through 11 in the New Living. He says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Do you have any comfort from his love? Is there any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't be trying to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus, is, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Lord Father. What he's saying here is, If your blessings from being a Christian mean anything to you, Paul's saying, listen to me. I think of that Facebook thing. What was her name? Linda, Linda, listen to me. Linda, honey. Paul's saying, people, honey, listen. You must have the attitude of humility and unity within you that Jesus Christ has. Putting on Christ's mindset. Staying in prayer, fellowshipping with the Father, humbling yourself, realizing that it's about more than just you. You see, my flesh wanted to be all about, woe is me. The world just doesn't know how hard a pastor's wife's life is. Gloom, despair. 
Shout out to Hee Haw. <laughs> but see, I had to take off, woe was me. And I had to think about, one, God's given me a call. Two, my husband needs me. Three, what about the people who will hear that word? What about the power of prayer? I want the world changed. Who am I to moan and groan and cry if I'm not going to get my rear end up there and pray whether I feel like it or not? So I had to shake off the flesh and do what I didn't feel like doing. But when I did what I didn't feel like doing, I walked away more free, more full of joy, more full of peace than I had been most of the week. Because I decided to step into unity and step out of myself. C.S. Lewis wrote, true humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. You see, you're created in the image of God. You rock. Like, you're awesome. You're beautiful. You're fantastic. You've got an honorable call. Every one of you. But so does she, and so does he, and so do they, and so do they. So humility isn't thinking, well, Lord, I'm not, imper- I'm not important, so I'm going to put down me, and I'm going to hold up somebody higher than me. I'm going to hold up Miss Nancy because she's just wonderful. She's been serving you for all these years. She's important, not me. I'm going to put that down. That's hogwash. Humility says, Lord, I'm going to serve you in her because you are perfect. Because you are important. And I'm going to humble myself to serve the Jesus in her and him and them and them. That's humility. He said, as long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. Of course, as long as you're looking down, you can't see something that's above you. I think of our kids today. Kids are cruel. And they're constantly walking through the halls. Mm. Did you see what they were wearing? Oh, my God. Did you see them in track? I mean, like, what's the point? Why even be on the track team? You can't run. Uh. Did you see their lunch? It was like next to nothing. I mean, like, who is their mom? Not even packing something decent for them. And it's funny to watch, especially when I got my face all wrinkled up. But it is so true. It is so true. And it either comes from parents who are oblivious to just the cruelty of their kids, or it comes from parents who have modeled it. And here's the problem. It's not just about your child that's got their nose stuck up. And it's not just about that child that smells, or that doesn't have, or that acts weird. It's about Christ in them. 
you teach or allow your kids to be mean to others and to look down to others, you're teaching your child it's okay to look down on Jesus Christ. There's no two ways about it. It is what it is. They are created in the image of God. How about instead you teach your child to give them half, your, half their lunch? How about instead you teach your child to lift up that awkward little girl in the corner because maybe she's beat. Maybe she doesn't know how beautiful she is. You teach your son to befriend the slowest dude on the track team. You don't know what his life is like. He may leave school every day, leave track every day, and go to work because he doesn't have a ditty. His mom's working two nights, two jobs, and he barely has time to sleep. How about instead we teach our children, when you see somebody different, you realize that they're made in the image of God just as you are. And you let them see the love of God within you, and you let them feel that love. That's unity. And it's not too early to start. It starts young in the world. Look, I've even seen Luke do it. Well, I don't want to go play with him. I don't like his toys. I don't care if you want to go play with him or not. Get your rear end up and you go over there and you make a new friend. He's four. He learns unity fast. It's our jobs to teach this next generation what unity is. It's our jobs to teach these kids be it ours or not, what prayer looks like. When we've got worship going on or there's an altar call, I don't see anybody in here, mirror included, that looks like Jesus. At some point or another, we need to be on our knees in prayer. At some point or another, hands need to be lifted going, Lord, take all of me because I want all of you. When our kids see that, they start to model it. When our kids see us walking in provision, in joy, in peace, in happiness, they start wanting what mommy and daddy's got. It's our job to teach unity and prayer. We have to teach our kids Proverbs 8, 12. Pride first, 1812, excuse me. Pride first, then the crash. But humility, that's the precursor to honor. Or James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord. He will lift you up in honor. David, stand up. Who can lift something higher? Me or David? Why? He's taller. He's higher up. Who's higher? If I'm going to be elevated, I don't want it to be by me. I'm going to be lower than David could lift me. But if I want to be elevated, I'm not going to brown nose and have David lift me. Because it sure isn't, thank you. It sure isn't as high as what Jesus could lift me. So if I want to be honored... 
Let it be because I'm an honorable person, honoring the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Let me lower myself and my flesh to serve him so that at the proper hour, Jesus can say, this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. There is no greater honor. When I get to heaven, I'm going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Not because I had the best job. Not because I was called to pastor. Not because I had the most friends or the best clothes. He's going to say, well done, because every day I started my knees in prayer. And every day I unified myself with him, which means unifying myself with the body. And together we could go arm in arm. Making disciples, loving on people, sharing his goodness, and expanding the body. If our focus is on anything else, we are not united with our king. He tells us in Ephesians 4.3, make every effort to keep yourselves united and the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Make every effort. Charles Spurgeon says, Let me find a man who loves my Lord Jesus, and I do not ask myself whether I shall love him or not. There is no room for question, for I cannot help myself. Unless I leave off loving Jesus Christ, I cannot cease to love those who love him. Y'all, we are from all different walks of life. But I don't care where you're from. What I care is who are you united with. Because if you're united with Jesus, then I want what you got. Because I can't contain it all. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you have. I care about who you serve. We cannot separate loving God from loving his body. And every one of us, self-included, every one of us have separated at some point. I didn't want to love on his body on Thursday. I wanted somebody to come and pat my back and give me a pity party. I didn't care who was going to be there, not at first. I wanted to run away. But I can't properly love my king if I'm not loving his people. And I can't properly love my king if I'm not putting his desires before mine. But it's when I properly love my king that he answers every desire of my heart. That he gives me every peace and every joy that there ever could be. I wanted to run as that newlywed whose husband told her we're going to be ministers. Y'all know, y'all have heard the story. I just assume cried and talked to you. But when I stepped behind the pulpit, or I stepped in front of someone and prayed with them. 
Y'all, there was a joy and a peace and a fulfillment I had never experienced before. I didn't even do it good. Like, my first message, I think, lasted 15 minutes, and that was including a prayer that I stretched out to make it last 15. I didn't even do it good. But I united myself with my king and with my husband. That's when he honors you and he lifts you up and he fulfills you. The world teaches us that the differences are too great. Differences are too great. We can never stand united. We'll never all in here be united. That's what he tells us. You're Democrat. I'm Republican. You're white. I'm black. You're poor. I'm rich. You're dumb. I'm so smart. Like, you know, you bag groceries. I'm a rocket scientist. Y'all, I don't even have a clue about science. But see, this is what the world tells us. You are so pretty. Look at me. Dude, you're so strong. Like, I can't even chop wood. I mean, we can be friends and all, but, you know, it's just, we're just too different. This is what the world teaches us. I mean, yeah, I'll be your friend at school and work and all, but, I mean, we're never going to be, like, united. You're just different. Instead, what we're supposed to look at is who unites us. Who is within us? You see, God looked down in all of his perfection and all of his goodness and in all of his love, and he saw none of that. He saw enemies. He saw wickedness, filth, despair, death. Yet, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into this world not to judge the world but that through his son it might be saved. If he sent the head, what else did he send? Y'all, this is interactive. Because y'all going to stay awake. If he sent the head, he sent the body. Are you a child of God? You're part of the body. You've been sent into this world of death, hell, destruction, filth, enemies, disgust, hopelessness, despair. You've been sent... So that through our Savior, so that through our head, they can be saved. That takes uniting with the body. Because you see, I may be an elbow, but I'm never going to get to eat my soup if I don't have a hand to grab the spoon. And my elbow is not going to work. If I don't have a shoulder to attach to a body, to attach to legs, to go and get the soup, to bring it to the table, to be attached to smelly feet and little toes and knees. I'm not going to be able to sit at the table and dine without a rear end to sit on. 
You see, I don't care what part of the body you are. You have a purpose. You have a call. And if I'm going to serve my king properly, I need to be united with you. And you with me. For Jesus, it was never about him. Never once was it about him. For Jesus, it was all about us. He cried out in the garden, Lord, if there's any other way, please don't let me do this. Don't make me do this. But not my will. Your will be done. We're not always going to like the way we feel. We're not always going to like what you have to say. You're not always going to like where I'm going. But God's will be done. When we get our hearts that to that place, that's when we step into unity. And that's when we walk where we're called to go. Doing what we're called to fulfill. Bringing with us the world loving the king because they've seen it through us. You see, the world says, stand out. Be brave enough to stand for something. We're going to tell you what to stand for. Be different. Like everybody else. But if you're too different, you're just weird. Be a part of the fad. But don't worry if you don't like it. It's going to change soon. Join this group. Go with the flow. Be popular. I love you today if you do something for me. But if I have to say, what have you done for me lately? Well, bye-bye, Felicia. No wonder our kids are confused. You're told to stand out. Be a part of the crowd. Stand for something, but only what I tell you is okay. Like this fad, but don't be so stupid that you like it six months down the road when it is so last week. How dumb is our world? And yet we struggle about stepping out of it and leaving behind the stupidity for a God who says, come as you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you have. I don't care how you smell. I don't care how you look. I don't care your job title. I don't care your bank account. I don't care about who your mama, daddy's uncle, brother's cousin was. I want you. Come to me. I'll give you everything you need. It's pretty cut and dry, it would seem. But yet, if the body of Christ can't even be united, we look even more confused than the world. People are dying and going to hell because of our lack of unity. But the world will change when we stand together serving our king. Every single servant at this church, which is every person that walks through the doors, me included. I'm not serving the pastor. I'm not serving Greg. I'm not serving Paige. I'm not serving Kendall. I'm serving my king and he is in them. There's nothing lowly about uniting in servanthood. Because the last shall be first. 
and greatest. You want to be something special? Unite yourself with the body of Christ. You want to get to new levels? Mature in Christ and help others. Ephesians 4, 12 through 16 says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by, by every wind of new teaching. Eggs are good this week. Last week they were bad. They're going to be bad again next week. This is how the world is. There's a new teaching every other week. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. When you turn on the news or Facebook or the papers and politicians are talking out of both ends of their mouth and the other ends as well. Suddenly you've got the wisdom of Christ because you've united with him. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. If I want the world to change, I have to change me. And if I want this world to be strengthened, it's my job to unite. I'm not waiting on you to unite. You're not waiting on me to unite. It's each of us stepping up today and going, you know what? I've been in disunity. But today, today I look at you. Today I look at me. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to look in the mirror and realize Christ is within you. Christ is within me. And I'm going to unite with the call that he put on my life. I'm going to unite with the call that he put on your life. And together I'm going to be planted where he told me to be planted. And I'm going to unite with the vision that he gave my shepherd. Because we're going to change highway, where were we, 73? And I'm going to change Albemarle. And I'm going to change North Carolina. And I'm going to change the East Coast. But it starts by changing me and my family. And that takes dropping to our knees in prayer and giving all of us to all of him. Here's the power of prayer. The importance of prayer. 1 Timothy 2.8 In every place of worship I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God. Free from anger and controversy. You know what anger is? It's pride. It's fear. You wouldn't be angry if you weren't fearful. You weren't going to get your way. So you can come to God and worship saying, Lord, I am free from anger because not my will but yours be done. Whatever you want from me, it is yours. Because I know that you were good. James 4, 3. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. I'm sure none of you have been guilty of this. I have. 
it was dropping to my knees when Brian said, we're going to minister. And I said, oh, Lord, he's missed it. Help him. He don't know. Bless his heart. I did not get that prayer answered. Because the Lord's going, oh, bless your heart. First Timothy 2, 1 through 2. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, not for yourself. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. Hello, your president. So that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. I don't care if you are pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-Obama, anti-Obama, pro-whatever next president's going to be, anti-whatever next president's going to be. You are a part of the body of Christ. You don't get to do what you like to do. You have a call to lift up that man so that we can live peaceful. Why is this world in chaos? Because the church has failed miserably. We've said, oh, it is his fault that all of these things are happening. It's why we're in so much debt. Don't you know that? That person can't lead. The world's in chaos, not because of the president's past, present, or future. The world's in chaos because the church hasn't gotten on their knees in prayer and lifted up our leaders. You don't like your boss? Lift them up in prayer. Wives? You don't like your husband? Lift them up in prayer. Kids, you don't like your parents? Lift them up in prayer. Not for their sake alone, but for yours, so that you can live peaceful and quiet lives, marked by godliness and dignity. You want a world filled with God? Put him in there. Stop moaning and groaning. Stop speaking death. You be the difference. You be the voice piece of God. Mark 9, 29, Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. We will only see this world change when we unite in prayer. This is the power of it. But to see the world change, I have to change me. I have to humble myself in prayer. I have to take me off. I have to unite with him and his word. Matthew 18, 19, and 20. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather as my followers, I am there among them. Chronicle, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. You see, it all goes back to Dr. Ronnie Floyd's quote. There is no great movement of God that has ever occurred that does not begin with the extraordinary prayer of God's people. We're being called to the next level, y'all. We're being called to the next level within Boomerang. We're being called to the next level within our own lives. We're being called to the next level within the body of Christ. 
but it will only happen if the body unites together in unified prayer and stands for the word of God, nothing less. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. So I ask you today, could you change? I could. Has there been disunity in your heart? Be it within your own home, this church, the world, politics, work? I think every one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we can say, I've not been in unity the way God has called me to. So join me in prayer as we choose to say, I lay down my life so that others may live in you. I lay down my will so that others can see your will flowing through me. I lay down my comfort so that I can rise in you to places higher than I ever imagined I was called to. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, that we are stepping into breakthrough unity. Lord, I thank you that we will step in to new levels. The next level isn't enough because you've called us to greater levels. And so, Lord, we unite ourselves with your word today. We unite ourselves together as one body in your love and in your peace and in your triumph, in your word, and in your will. And Lord, we will see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because we unite ourselves together as one. Lord, I repent. I repent for every area of disunity I've had within me. Lord, for anybody that I've looked down upon because I thought they were lesser, Lord, they weren't lesser. They never were because you were within them. Lord, for anyone who's had a different point of view than me, I repent for not being in unity with them. You didn't tell me to unite even if I disagree. You told me to unite with you within them. So Lord, today I unite with my brothers and sisters in Christ. We will have differences of opinions. We will do things differently. But Lord, we serve you. And I unite with you within them. Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your call. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you that as I walk in your call, doing what you've asked me to do, Lord, I thank you for the fulfillment that is greater than I've ever known before. I thank you for the peace that passes understanding. I thank you for the goodness and love that brings men to repentance. And Lord, I thank you for the honor of it flowing through me. Because I unite myself 
with your people, with your body, with your word. If there's anybody here, keep your heads bowed. If there's anybody here that has not united themselves with God, today is your chance to do that. You're not always going to understand the whys and the hows, but you've got a Lord who loves you, and he wants to guide you, and he wants to surround you with people who will unite with you and love you. But that comes from being a part of his body. So if you've not yet made Jesus your Lord and Savior, and you want to today, I ask you to raise your hand. Because I want to pray with you. And if you're watching on live stream and you've not made Jesus your Lord and Savior and you want to, send us a private message. Send us a public message. But reach out because we want to pray with you and for you. We want to unite with you and lift you up. I see that hand. Thank you. Father, I thank you for those who were bold enough to step out and choose to unite themselves with you. Lord, I pray that you would surround them with men and women of God, brothers and sisters that would strengthen them as they are learning to walk in your ways, that would speak life and love into them. And Lord, I ask that for every one of us, that daily we would be surrounded by your people, by brothers and sisters who live to serve you. Lord, let me be that person. Put me where you want me each and every day so that I may walk in unity with new people each and every day from all different walks of life and I can show them your love. Lord, I want the honor of uniting with thousands and millions because I want them to know the fullness of your love. And I praise you for that honor, Lord. In Jesus' name.